What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Planet. And I'm also uh, the founder of a company called Smart Mommy. And through Smart Mommy and Single Moms Planet, we uh, primarily stand on teaching financial literacy to single mothers and children and also women and children. So All I'm right. excited to be here today. Um, thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm really interested in hearing everybody's stories and, and learning from everyone as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Our next speaker is, um, did I say Kendra? Uh, Kendria. Kendria, I'm sorry. Hey, no, no, Queen, you're how are you? Good. How are y'all? So my name is Kendria Johnson. Um, I am the owner and founder of Single Mom Legacy. Um, I am a licensed therapist in the state of Georgia and a empowerment coach for single moms. And so um, I'm a former teen parent and single mom of six years. And so, you know, I raised my daughter with all the, well, y'all know, the single mom journey. Um, mm -hmm. And so the reason why I started Single Mom Legacy um, and really, I got into being a therapist in the mental health fields because I went to therapy as a single mother. And it, I mean, it completely changed my life um, to the point that I am now a therapist and I, I only work with single mothers. I work with teen mothers and, you know, older single mothers that have maybe gone through divorce, abusive relationships. Um, but in order for me to work with you, you have to be a single mother. Um, a lot of different reasons, but mainly because, like, I know that's why God put me in that place and why I was brought out of that mm -hmm. trial and that situation in mm -hmm. um, that journey. Um, and so, yeah, I do coaching with single mothers. I do therapy with single mothers. Um, and my focus is really on helping, you know, that single mom that, you know, she may be financially okay. She may be, you know, her kids are okay, but emotionally she knows she might be a complete mess. Um, and she's mm -hmm. not doing what she needs to do to take care of her, of her emotional and her mental health needs. And it's starting to show, um, right. whether it be in how she takes care of her children or she's repeating you know, negative, unhealthy relationships, but she's starting to see a cycle in her life and she wants to, to fix it. Um, and right. so, yeah, I work with single moms as a therapist and a life coach, and I love it. Awesome, awesome. That's dope, that's dope. I thank you and appreciate you for joining us tonight. Our next speaker is Audrey Renee. Hey, Queen, how are you? Hey, ladies, how are you? Um, I am the founder and owner of Dear Single Mommy LLC, um, and I basically, it, it's been a whirlwind, so I started off as a blogger, 
um, mm-hmm. sharing my own personal story because I believe um, I believe in building relationships off of trust. Um, so I started talking about my own personal story with raising my daughter. And then I went into helping single moms actually create streams of income. Um, some people can't be business owners. So I chose to take a different route in helping them just have that extra income. So when mm-hmm. cases like what we're dealing with right now comes about, they know that they have something that it can be an extra stream of income to carry them over until they're able to find what they're needing. Um, I've done life groups, which I passionately believe in, um, bringing women together who can talk about the same journey, but give each mm-hmm. other insight and encouragement. Mm-hmm. And um, that's pretty much it. Um, that's what I do. So that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Great. Glad to have you apart tonight. Our next speaker is Carmelita. Hello. Hey, Queen. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? I'm well. I'm well. So tell everyone who you are and what you do. Um, My name is Carmelita McRoy. I'm an uh, author, speaker, certified life coach, and a podcast host, and also have a blog. Um, I have been a mother since I was 15 years old. So I am a product of a teenage mother as well. So I've been through a lot, gone through a lot, and Um, I've always been a person that tried to help other people, even when I don't have. And so um, when I decided to start being what people call me now is the single mom motivator coach. And so what I do is I have a session called single mom success sessions that I do three times a year. And I just touch base on all aspects of their life, you know, whether it's finances, relationships, spirituality, disciplining kids, cooking, grocery shopping. I go through a whole segment with single moms and teaching them that. Um, One of my focal points is to um, go to the women's shelters and um, help them there get reestablished. That's mainly, that's my focus there. Because at one time, you know, a few years ago, I was homeless with my children. And so I know what the struggle is like trying to get back on your feet. So that's something that I focus on. I help all women, but single moms is my passion because I know the journey that I went through. Um, I'm a mother of six children, raised eight children, and um, seemed like it's a never anything. Motherhood always, all day. <laughs> yes, yes. Look, I completely understand, okay? <laughs> Our next, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. Our next, speak- Our next speaker is Dana. Hey, Dana. How are you, queen? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm well, I'm well. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you do, Miss Dana? Um, yeah, so I'm 31. I live in um about an hour outside of New York City. I'm a single mom of one. My son is five. I don't really do anything with my page because <laughs> I kind of started my Instagram as like an anonymous diary. Mm. So nobody knew that I was the owner of that page. Oh, Maybe wow. one person close to me knew. I was, I was newly graduate from college mm-hmm. and then I when I found I was pregnant I was actually five months alone I didn't mm-hmm. know I was pregnant all along I yeah. thought I couldn't have kids because I had PCOS yeah. so mm-hmm. you know I was pregnant broke up with the father then the father just wasn't around so I went through a lot emotionally mm-hmm. so I just needed like an outlet and I wanted to reach out to other women because I know that I couldn't have been the only one that was going through the things or experiencing the feelings 
Yeah. That was um feeling. So now with 2020, one of my goals was just to like put a face to the page. Yes. Because being I've overcome so much, there's no mm-hmm. longer that shame there. Yeah. Shamed anymore. I yes. I held so much shame, and that's why yes. I had Instagram very anonymous. But I would yes. speak to women, and I would give them my stories, and they would give me their stories, and I would just motivate them and I also I'm mm-hmm. looking into being like a um a life coach so I definitely mm-hmm. want to turn my page into something bigger mm-hmm. than what it is because it kind of mm-hmm. happened on accident I didn't expect so many women right to like you know gravitate towards me and my story right because yeah. you know young black girl growing up you know in the hood you know mm-hmm. I thought that I was just like another statistic until I met Asian women Spanish yeah. women, yeah. women all over the country that had the same story. Right. So it let me know that it's not only a black woman issue. All mm-hmm. women go through this and sometimes mm-hmm. become single mothers. So mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. do nothing. Um I was <laughs> still it's still loading. <laughs> yes, girl, you do a lot. You do a lot. Just having that voice and being, you know, being able and being willing to share your voice is so important. And, you know, I was the same way, like, throughout my whole journey as a parent, I said that I would, you know, I didn't want people to know my business. I didn't know, want people Mm -hmm. to know anything about me at all. And it was up until, like, just getting into women empowerment, like, a few years back that I, um, you know, was in rooms with different women who were sharing stories that were similar to mine. And, you know... I had already like kind of went through the mental aspect of it as, you know, as far as being depressed and crying and, you know, stuff like that. I had went past that phase, but I didn't know that there were women basically sharing their stories, you know, and I was like, wow, okay. You know, so that's what my platform is all about. Girl, let's talk Atlanta. We love to get women in um, situations and conversations so that we can be able to progress as a unit. Right, and I also, I, and that's why I think it's so um, important for single mothers to kind of like build like some kind of like camaraderie. Because sometimes, with the certain things that I know that I go through, I can only talk to a single mom about it. A regular mom that's married, she's not gonna understand certain things. Right, right, right. So that's why I, you know single mom guys kind of like stick together a little bit. Yes, yes. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the first question, and anyone can answer. Um, um to this question and i wanted to know um how are you guys changing the generation of parenting when it comes to your parents and your parents way of um parenting and your way of parenting well for me i am redefining what it means to be a single mom i don't walk around wearing that badge um because what comes with that is the definition of what a lot of people believe single moms are So we are put in the classification of low income. We're put in the classification of, you know, being the bitter woman um, and especially, um, you know, not being financially stable. So I don't I don't carry that as a badge. So it could be a woe is me moment. um, And I'm always looking for handouts. So I'm redefining what that is, what it means to be just a single parent um, and having to make choices for my child. So yeah. the way I was brought up was different because I had a two family. I had a I had a mom and a dad in my household. So right. they can't help me with what I'm right. going through right now. And they really don't understand. So yeah. a lot of my decisions with myself, as well as learning how to build a community to help participate in the 
um, growth of my child as well as myself as a woman. So I've redefined it to where not only am I, of course, a single parent, but I'm a woman. And before mm-hmm. I was a mom, mm-hmm. I need to make sure that this woman can yeah. take care of my needs so that I'm able yep. to overflow into my daughter's needs. And yeah. so I'm redefining it as not carrying the badge and walking around with, hey, I'm a single mom, I'm a single mom, I'm saying, you know, and, and introducing myself as Audrey, the woman who is a parent. And I have a story to tell just like anyone else, because there yeah. are times I receive things from married couples and they, they kind of, they do help me. Um, a mom that might be married and have a um, person who's gone away on military, she's kind of yeah. helping me a little bit. So I don't yes. close my mind off to just dialoguing with just single moms. Everybody has a story and I don't mm-hmm. feel the need to wear the badge to define me as a single mom. I start off the conversation with my name is Audrey, <laughs> period. You yes. will learn along the way that I probably am raising a, a daughter in a single parent household, but my conversation starts off as me. I'm the woman. Right. And yes, I have a daughter. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. my lifestyle is not centered around what the definition of what a single mom is in the mm-hmm. urban dictionary or what people mm-hmm. have placed on us with that definition mm-hmm. as single mom. So definitely yes. it. Yes, I can definitely agree to that. I'm the same way. That's why when people see me, they say, you got how many kids? Yes. (laughs) Okay, my work speaks for itself, but you wouldn't even know that I had kids the way that I, you know, produce. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to open the floor up to anyone who else who wanted to answer that question. How are you changing the generation of parenting, you versus your parents? So I unmuted myself. Can I go? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> so I love, I love that she said that. And um, early on as a single mom, I would hear that, oh, you poor thing, you're a single mom. And I would be like, I'm doing better than some of y'all. And yes. married doesn't mean that your life is better than mine. Because some of y'all in relationships you wish you could get out of. So, you know, I had to go through that healing process. And some of my married friends or some married people I met along the way are some of my strongest supporters. And I've counseled them. They've supported me. And it's just been a great mix. So I love that she said, hey, learn how to make friends, build your tribe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be people that just have the same scenario. But um, mm-hmm. as you were talking, it made me think about what I've done along the way with my boys that's different from, um, you know, how I was raised. So my mom is a single mom. She was a single mom. She um, had me at 15. She got pregnant at 15, had me at 16. But we lived with my grandparents. And so, you know, I never felt the brunt of just a single mom who was raising five kids. It was just, you know, cohesive tribe and family. And we were loved and fed. And, you know, I didn't know we were poor until I was applying for college. And I was like, what? This is all the money y'all made this year. But um, so I never expected to be a single mom. I was supposed to go off and do great things. I was a brainiac. And obviously, since I love to do multiple things, right? Um, But the way that I learned along the way with my boys was I had to reject the perfection. Like my mom, she ran that house. My mom didn't work. um, Her parents were kind of elderly. And she ran that house. It was perfect. It was clean. We had three hot meals a day, snacks. And I tried to do that when I ended up being a single mom and I, it was driving me crazy. I was like, yes, wait a minute, minute, hold up. What happened? And so for a long time, I felt like I was inferior because I wasn't able to keep up how I grew up. And so I had to learn to redefine single parenting for me and my boys. You know, hey, this, we can do this during the week. We clean up on the weekends. I had to learn to let go. And so I talk about that in my blog about 
you know, releasing that perfectionism and learning how to build your own system in your life. And so yes. I you said that because that's what I had to do. And then last point, I had to learn to talk to my boys once they hit that preteen teen stage. Right? This is the real mama's working full time. Mama's in grad school full time. Mama's writing books. Mama's trying to do some stuff. And this is to help all of us. So we're not cutting up and doing the food. Okay. Because you're going to get the other Kwanda. All right. So this is me bringing back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I grew up in the South. I'm from Louisiana. Yes, I didn't yes. get, I remember one whip in my whole life. Okay. Yes. It was enough. Cause you knew what right. was right. And right. so that's kind of worked for me. I haven't had to do too much, but my boys know. And um, I think it's different when you're raising boys and it depends on where you're raising your boys at, you know? Mm -hmm. So when people say, Hey, it's wrong to spank your kids. I'm like, well, listen, everybody's different. And you don't yeah. know what I'm dealing with. And right. so um, I have tap, tap, tap them over the years. Um, and then we got to a point where I didn't have to because they understood when I gave them the look. And so I, right. think, you to, um, <laughs> I think you have to create your own family within your family and give yourself grace to do that. Yes, yes, yes. Most definitely. I had to learn the same thing. Like at first, again, like I said, I was a young mom. So I didn't really, you know, I didn't know anything. I was still, you know, a child myself, you know, and I was still in high school, you know, for goodness sake. Like, I didn't know, you know, how to be a mom. So a lot of stuff that I just, like, I bypassed. I didn't think, you know, about it, you know, and things like that because I knew that my parents were there and they were going to, you know, take care of the baby and things like that because I still wanted to be a teenager. I still wanted to go out. I still wanted to go shopping and, you know, all this other stuff. So it was up until I had my second child, you know, where I realized that, okay, I got to be a mommy for real now because ain't nobody playing with me. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, you know, again, along the way, you know, progression has came and we have, um, you know, daily things, a daily schedule, daily models. You know, we talk about different affirmations and things like that just to help them, you know, become a healthier um, child as well. All right, so let me go to the next question. Um, do you believe in, um, and anyone can answer this question as well, do you believe in giving experiences instead of teaching um, gratitude? Do you get, believe in giving more experiences versus um, things? Oh, what's my question? Giving experiences instead of things that teach instead of things that teaches gratitude i'm sorry y'all explain your answer <laughs> i do <laughs> i believe in giving experiences over um like just teaching gratitude because when my kids being small like they are they're in that why stage and they want yeah. everything explained to them and if we do mm -hmm. this they want to know why or if i say this they want to know why so i feel like they're at that pivotal moment where they need to you know to experience it as opposed to me just telling them so right yeah I, I, they need to experience gratitude over me just telling them you know about being right. right right i definitely agree with that did anybody else want to come in on that um giving experiences instead of uh things that teach gratitude yeah i'll say okay yeah, I'll say that I, I can agree that I believe more in experiences. I think when you take the time to like talk to your children and explain things and have conversations, you're teaching them like gratitude in action 
but you're also teaching them like a very, very valuable like life skill that you have to communicate what you want, how you feel, why you don't understand things. And it's okay to open up your mouth and say that you don't understand something because then you're, if you just shut your kids down and say, be grateful, like it. Right. Right. You're teaching them that like their voice doesn't matter and that their opinions aren't important. And that like, that is something that I'm sure we can all relate. We have seen either ourselves or as friends and family members that people just are mute and they don't speak up for themselves. And that causes Mm -hmm go into all types of precarious situations as right. adults because feel like your voice matters. So I definitely believe in, like, let's have a conversation. If you don't like it, that means you can get what you want. But like, let's, let's right. at least like, talk about it so you understand why this is the way that it needs to be instead of me just being like, be grateful, like it, you know, because that, that's right. not teaching them a skill. And my job as a parent is to, is to teach my kids how to be successful, productive, healthy well-rounded mentally stable adults and you can't do yeah. that by just telling them how to think like that's not how yes it works. yes I definitely agree with that 100% um is there anyone else who wanted to share on yeah. that hey, it's never Terry so okay. you know I, I think children always want something and one of the main things I, I was raised as an only child by a single mm-hmm. mother Mm. And I believe I learned a lot from my mom. I can remember us having experiences even when I was a child. And so mm-hmm. for holidays, for instance, we definitely believe in, is that my, is that me doing that static? Well, we, we definitely believe in, you know, Christmas and different, you know, holidays of that nature, but the way that they're typically represented is not how we celebrate them. And so mm. instead of, buying a lot of gifts for the boys right right totally don't even play with they play with the, blo- the boxes mm-hmm. even at my at my oldest is 13 and he'll still end up playing with a box it's, it's <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> and I think he's doing that because my 10 year old is finding enjoyment out of that box so now they're in competition over it <laughs> so we'll go- We'll, we'll, we'll go to Palm Springs or we'll do something close, you know, or, or go to, uh, you know, Las Vegas or something like that. And sometimes my little one, especially, he's like, where are the gifts? I don't understand. Right. Did you yeah. tell Santa something? Did you tell him I was cutting up? You know, he's like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, <laughs> my son is the same way. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're like, no, this is your Springs. We're in Las Vegas. And so at first he's like, I'm good on this. We need the gifts ASAP. You know? <laughs> but I, you know, as they've grown up over the years, they've gotten a, a used to the having the experience over right. the, and they can yeah. they, they talk about it more. They can write about it when they get mm-hmm. back to school. They say, you know, what did you do over the break? And they can actually have an experience that they can communicate. Right. And they look forward to going to it. Um, and so that that's definitely something that we implement in our household for sure. Yes, definitely. I definitely agree with that because I can remember just like, you know, having story time or something at school when, you know, these kids are talking about what they did on the weekend and you ain't do nothing but sit in the house, like nothing at all. And you hear the kids talk about all their experiences and I'm just like, okay. So I know one thing, you know, when I become a mom, my kids don't have something to go to school and talk about, okay? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
All right. Did anybody else want to um, share on that? If not, I will go on until the next question. Okay. The next question is meal prep and organic and or non-organic foods. Like, how do you prepare your meals um, and things for your children? And what's the difference between, you know, the way that you prepare them, you know, with less sugar or, you know, whatever the case may be? Um, do you find that, you know, their health, their behavior, you know, whatever it is, do you find it is much better or not? Um, I can go. You wanna, okay. Uh, well, with raising so many children, um, uh, I do uh, meals like generally on Sundays. I cook meals for three days okay. straight. So that way, when I come in, because especially when all six of my you know, I have, I've raised eight of them. Now there's only two left at home. And I had everybody at home, all six mm. were at mm. home. And then it was down to, you know, five was at home. And then it was like, you know, five, you know, four. So as I got older, you know, I have to cook meals, um, not daily. I'll drive yeah. myself nuts if I did that. <laughs> but I them like on Sunday, I do like three meals, you know, for the week. So then by the time Wednesday come along, then I can do, you know, a couple of other meals, get us over. Generally, Saturday is a free day. You better get in there and get either what's left over, get you some yeah. cereal, do something. I don't care. Do your own thing on Saturday because I'm going to do, I yeah. get my break on Saturday. Um, I'm from Alabama, so I believe in Sunday meals, so I make big meals on Sunday. So they already yeah. know they're going to a big meal on Sunday, you know. Um, I don't, I've never believed in a lot of sweets. They get to pick whatever snacks. Of course, they sneak at school because some <laughs> paper ends up in my washing machine. Yeah, so, but generally at home, I do not let them have candy and stuff except on Fridays, and mm -hmm. I pick that. Of course, when they get older, middle school, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway, but they won't right. have it in the house because I told them, um, as a person who did 10, I worked 10 years in the school as a parent liaison, I got to see those kids who I could tell those parents were giving them healthy meals, regulating what they're eating and everything, and I could tell the ones who eat sugar all night long and come to school the next day and their body is wore out. It's almost like take when you're drinking a Red Bull and you're getting mm -hmm. all that in and you got to have a crash period. Well, kids do the same thing. When you let them eat sweets all the time or have candy, they're going to crash sooner or later. Sooner or later. Is where they're going to crash it. And they're not going to focus on what they need to do at school. So I believe in having that. Now, right now, because I refuse to pay $10 for a pack of meat, um, we've done a lot of meatless meals. Okay. <laughs> and they've enjoyed it, you know, because I make a lot of things with rice and potatoes and we need to eat healthier anyway. Like I said, I had to train myself to eat better because being from the South, you, we just didn't eat right. Meals, you know, right. Right. As they say, the rooter to the tutor. Every right. time you walked in my grandma's house, she had a cream cheese pound cake on the table. So everybody knew they came to big mama's house. You're going to cut you yeah. a piece of cake when you walk in. And I had to stop that because I'm a type of person. I will bake every single week. So I had wow. to cut that out. And I do more meatless meals now. And I try to do meatless meals at least two to three days a week. So they're not used to that. They always have to have meat, you know, when we eat. And um, my father's family is Seventh-day Adventist. So on that side of the family, I never did eat meat when I went over there. It was always tofu or vegetarian meat. In my mom's family, I ate everything. So I was, you know, so, but I do believe that you should do meal preps because as a single mom, you don't have to figure out what they eat. You know, they have a balanced meal. If you've had a long day at work, you don't have to stress out. You're like, hey, all I got to do is pull it out the refrigerator, warm it up. They can go ahead and eat, get things done. Um, with all of my kids, I had sons that one played football, one played basketball. I had a daughter that 
was on the dance team. I had one that was cheerleading. I had another one playing volleyball. Then I had one running track. I mean, we was always somewhere <laughs> all yeah. the time. Yeah. So I had no time to come in and say, what are we going to eat? And I definitely right. wasn't going to fast foods every day. Right. So, you know, it's better to prepare ahead of time. It keeps you sane and keeps you mm -hmm. from being stressed out. Yes, yes. I can agree with that. I try, you know, from here and there. I ain't going to lie. I don't cook every day, okay? <laughs> but I have a suggestion. Huh? Can I tackle that one as well? Yes, go ahead. Real quick. Okay, so I believe in meal prep, but I don't do like three meals, four meals, five meals at once like some people do. I love Rachel Ray. I wish I felt like doing that. I don't. But I do make meals big enough so that, like she said, um, they'll last me two, three days. Right. And one of the things that I um, have done over the last, I would say, five, six years is I don't cook pork a lot or beef, you know, red meat. Mm -hmm. I try to, you know, they still get burgers and stuff when they're out. I don't buy sodas for the house. If there's a soda in the house, it's a holiday and a special occasion. And those are little things that I put into our diet that way I can control the sugar that they're getting. You see what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. I hardly eat bread. I love bread. So when I'm out at a restaurant, I like restaurant bread. But when we're yeah. home, like a loaf of bread, <laughs> listen, they're into PBJ, you know, PB&J and all that. And so they'll eat it. Um, I'm not, you get, so those are ways that I control my diet and ways that I make sure we have fish, like I'll do salmon. Uh, tonight I'm making shrimp fried rice. So we'll do seafood okay. and skin and lean meats. And um, we have a, a store here called Sprouts. It's like a, a, a grocer, but it's like a farmer's market, but it's a supermarket and Trader Joe's and places like that. So I can go in Sprouts and spend 30 bucks and have a big old buggy full of fruit and vegetables. Yeah. And stuff. And wow. um, I know what you're saying about the meat, but I'll go ahead and get that $10 pack of wings. Okay. And, <laughs> and I also will buy the whole chicken. And so one of the things that I do as a tip to you guys is let me tell you how to get your life together. <laughs> get your whole chicken, wash that bad boy, slather some butter up under the skin, salt and pepper it, and put it in a ceramic pan in the oven at 400 degrees. It will rotisserie just as if you had a rotisserie cooker. And that's a staple in my house every week. So I got a whole chicken. So one day we're eating off of it, whatever I made, the sides and the rice or potatoes or whatever to go with it. And then I got the other pieces I can put in a salad. I can take the breast that's left over. You get what I'm saying? So th these are ways that we can have meat multiple days and we didn't have to cook. So just some little tips for you guys. Yes, yes. So here's my thing. I'm not a big meat eater, eater at all. My kids, they eat meat. My significant other, he loves meat. And my difficulties is cooking meals that they will eat because they don't always want to eat vegetables. I, you know, on the other hand, would love to just eat vegetables every single day and mix it up and different things like that. So that's one thing that I'm having challenges with. That's why I don't cook every day because I know that they want something else outside of asparagus and Brussels sprouts. So I'm like, I love asparagus and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> One son will eat it, and the other one is just like, ew. And we're like, what's wrong with you? Because this is delicious. Right, right, right. So, you know, I'll go and find recipes and things like that, you know, just to try to, you know, get them to taste other things as well. But it always bounces back to the veggies, okay? <laughs> uh, especially if I'm cooking. Um, did anyone else want to share on meal prep and meal planning? 
Hey, it's Nefertiri. I would hey, just say, hi. <laughs> and thank you all for these tips. This is great because my, <laughs> my kids eat like truck drivers. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I two boys and oh my God. I mean, sometimes we just stare at them. We're like, okay, what are they going to eat next? I, I don't right, know. Right. Job right now. Right. But I definitely, from a young age, I would say the, the one tip I have is have them be as self-sufficient as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Food where they could reach it from age two and up. Yeah. <laughs> they could go in the fridge. They could grab a snack, a pre-made snack, have that stuff already there to where they are just like, okay, I know I can boil some water. I can make some eggs. You know, mm -hmm. I can make a, a mix up some pancake mix, like get them involved as much as possible, as quickly as possible so that they know they are responsible for their own stomachs. You know, okay. I, I'm your mother. I support you and I love you, but you are responsible for yourself. Yes, you know, yes. I do, but you are the, you are the ship of your own captain. I'm just here <laughs> sailing on the boat, you know, and, and they really do. I mean, one day it almost made me cry. I, I woke up and they were, the, their room was clean. They had already eaten. They were fully dressed. They were like, all right, mom, we're gone. Dad's here. I was like, dang, when did all this happen? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah. that's how I program them to be. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm up to so much that mm -hmm. I need you guys to be as self-sufficient as possible. And I need you to own your life. Yeah, I need you to yes. own it today. I don't want you to yes. wait till you're 18. It's too late. I need yep. you to own it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely important. That's what I do as well. So I buy like my my youngest son. He'll be eight next month. So what I did, he loves like the little microwave, um, the macaronis and stuff like that. So I get him because I know he can just pop something in the microwave, especially if I'm in a conference or something like this on a day to day basis. And I can't just go and do it. And then, like, you know, sometimes he'll go ask his big brother. His brother, you know, is in his own little world. They ain't even paying attention to him. I'm like, okay, so, you know, now I got to, you know, find, you know, foods that he can prepare himself so he can be less, you know, um, needy and less, you know, um, more independent for himself. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that's helping a lot because now he just goes in and prepares his own food so he's not, like, whiny and big, you know, when kids get hungry, you know, they, they get whiny and they get fussy and they get rowdy. They don't know how to respond. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So now when he's hungry, he can just go in the kitchen and prepare his own food and there's less of that. <laughs> All right. I am going to go into our next question. It is um, technology and kids. What do you guys think about technology usage for your children? Uh, hey guys um okay. i definitely use technology my son has had an ipad since he was one um i just feel like kids in this generation they just can't get away from it if they're not using it at home they're using it at school my son's in kindergarten they use the um chromebooks so um you have to just know when to just limit it because you know you don't want to hurt their eyes and you don't want to do the tablets right before bed because it can affect them being able to fall asleep and have a good, having a good night's sleep. So um, I, my son owns a tablet, but we try to do it mainly on the weekend. We don't do it during the weekdays when he's in school, but we use technology. We can't get away from it. I'm on my phone all the time. 
work, everything. So, I mean, technology, we just can't escape it. <laughs> yes, yes. Definitely agree on that. Um, my my kids, um, they had, like, tablets and things like that when they were younger. But as far as usage, like, I do try to, you know, keep a time limit and things like that on their usage. Um, do anyone else want to share about technology usage in your children? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I agree with what she says. I do the same thing. I do mostly uh, weekends um, because of the two that's at home now. They are um, eight and 11. So by the time you get through it, and I homeschool, so they get to use the computer in a day, you know, when they're homeschooling um, for our lessons um, sometimes. And then um, as far as their personal time with it, I give them Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they get two hours for it. And I walk past, you know, to see what they're on as I'm, you know, to make sure they're on the right things, you know, because sometimes those parental controls don't really work. You know, kids know how to get right. over all stuff. Right. I mean, they, they're smart. Okay. They're real smart. <laughs> so, yeah. but yes, they definitely have to have technology because that's what the world is going into. Um, I just, I'm teaching them um, different things like how to do Photoshop. Um, one of my uh, daughter that's at home is 11. You know, me and her have written a book together. So she knows how to get on there. We're working on her second book now that she's writing. So she has to know how to get on there and do different things. And so now we have a beauty supply uh, business, online beauty supply business. So me and the girls are have it together. So I told her, I said, I'm going to give you a job now because I've been doing all the work for y'all business. So right. I'm going to give you a job. I said, <laughs> and what I want you to do now is start getting on the Instagram and posting pictures about the business. And so right. I told her, I'm going to pay you for that. You're going to be paid to do this from now on. So I need you to get on there and I'm going to give her her time when she can go on and make posts for the Instagram page for the beauty supply store because she's a part of that. And, you know, I want her to know that. So they have to know technology and do that. Or I'll be trying to run my business and try to help them with their businesses. And so, you know, she's 11 now. So I think that she can do that. And she, she's trustworthy. You know, you know your children. And you know when you can trust them on the internet and what they're doing. And, you know, if they mess up, you tell them, okay, well, I'm going to take it away for a few days. And next time, please don't get on something that you know. Because every mother knows that how you've raised your children. Your children know what they should be on and what they should not be on. But some of them will just try you, you know, to get on something else that they're trying to. And it's just sad that a lot of times when they are on there, other things pop up automatically because people are always trying to get you to go on to something else. But I just say, just, you know, watch what they're doing on there because I hate when I hear these horror stories of kids leaving out and meeting people from Facebook and all that. I'm like, how did, right. when did they leave? And how long, they had to be on the phone for a long time to, to get in touch with someone and get their trust. You know, you weren't watching what right. they were doing online, you know, and it's real sad. So, you know, I don't want to be like a, uh, overbearing person like every five minutes like what are you watching what are you doing what are you? you know I let them go ahead and do it and I just walk by and I just kind of look like eh, let me see what is what that you're looking at over there you know so you know just kind of have to be watchful nowadays because people are real cruel and they're after kids you know now at a very early age yes uh, I had uh with my boys can y'all hear me yes <laughs> I uh, would take their PlayStation when they were younger. And one time we were talking a couple of years ago and they were like, you took our PlayStation for a whole year. I said, no, I didn't. And they were like, yes, you did. So listen, I don't play when it comes to like, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing at home, if you're not doing what I'm asking you to do, 
we don't get to have fun. You don't get to just right. get my food, mess up my house, run up my bills. We don't get to do that. And so I love right. that you said, um, you know, we have to monitor our kids. But as an educator, you know, all these years, um, good people, um, folks doing the best they can. I've, I've seen different sides of children. You know, I, I work with high school students. And uh, this, uh, there was a meme that's come out since everybody's been home during Corona. Yeah, you get to see that the teacher wasn't lying about your kid now, huh? Right, so, right. And, and, it, it, and it made me want to say, like, I know that there are a lot of people when their kids go down, you know, a, a road, like when you became a, a teen mom, you know, your parents are like, what did I do? What, what was I missing? And, you know, yeah. there's that shame and, and like, you know, you feel bad. And it's like, I want us to be able to separate. We can do all we can to raise our kids to the best of our ability, put goodness into them, give them great experiences, make just the, the road open to them, just going the path of having a good life and they can shift gears. My oldest child decided not to go to college when I had been grooming him to do so with ease. <laughs> mentors had been grooming him to do so. And last minute, um, I didn't see it. And one of his mentors was like, he's like, he's not going to college. I was like, yes, he is. He's talking about being an investment banker. He's, you know, great in, in football, great in wrestling. He should get so many scholarships. This is just it. This is what I've been doing all this work for. Like you right. said, running them all over the earth all these years to all these different right. places. And so, you know, we have to reconcile our dreams with their yes. dreams, their lives. And, yes. and sometimes we all got to learn by bumping our head against the wall. So I just would like to add that, like you can do the best you can do and people are still gonna make choices. They're gonna make choices mm -hmm. and they gotta learn the choices have consequences. So you fooled around and, and did something to ask you not to do, give me the PlayStation. It's gonna be in my right. car. Now you figure right. out how to get it out of my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And again, you know, with parenting, it's all about just teaching our, our children, you know, the proper uh, ways to handle situations and make decisions, you know, positive decisions, decisions that's going to put you into, you know, a better space and place, you know. Um, so that's what I try to, you know, teach my kids as well. Like my oldest son, he plays football. He does all kinds of, he wants to, um, he has a, uh, hold on one second. He does wrestling and things like that and then wants to go and hang out with his friends. But at the same time, you fell in a class. You think you're about to be playing football. You think you're about to be going to your friend's house. You think you're about to go to the mall. You think you're about to do all of that? No. <laughs> yes, yes. So did anyone else want to touch on technology usage um, and technology with their children? Um, do you have any special um, games or apps that you all have that your kids are really entertained in that helps occupy their time? I know for my kids, my daughter, she just turned four and she has a tablet and I've tried to download those learning games for her but she always just exits out of them. She's like, no, I want to watch something else. I want to do something else. Like she does not like those um, little games on the apps. Um, so if you have any apps um, that you would recommend, please do so. <laughs> hey, I have a four-year-old and she loves um, ABC Mouse. Okay. So I don't know if you tried that, but they designed the app to where like she can still like scroll and choose things and watch videos because she's probably trying to like get the same like YouTube vibe. But right. they designed the app to where she can like click off and watch different videos, but they're like reading books, but she can like scroll like you would like a YouTube feed okay. to look and listen to different books. So I would try that. And I think it's free now because I like the quarantine stuff. So. 
Okay, yeah, we tried ABC Mouse. Well, we did it on the desktop. Um, I haven't tried to download it on a tablet, so I'll try to do that and see if she likes that. Thank you. <laughs> did anyone I would else? Say try, I would say try anything with music. Kids love music. I don't care if it's music for alphabets, music for multiplication, music for <laughs> addition. They love anything that's with music. That's one right. thing I've learned, especially our children. If you could put a rap to it or a song to it, they'll listen to it and they learn from it. Cause it's a, uh, if a thing on YouTube, on YouTube is called the coin song. And I started um, my kids uh, on my grandkids on there and they love it. It's go, you know, the quarter, 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 something, some little rap about the quarter, then a dime, then a nickel, you know. So kids love anything <laughs> with music, especially if they rapping about it, you know. So okay. I found that that's and a, a teacher that I know, um, Antoinette Wilson, when she's passed away, but her daughter, uh, Donita, um, they are, uh, both of them were teachers in the uh, Huntsville City Schools, and they made a CD full of music, both of them sing very well, <laughs> and they made songs of math for language and all this, and it really was really nice, and it was, and all the kids love it, and they used it in their classrooms, you know, because they're both singers. Now, if I was a teacher in a classroom, I can't sing, so that wouldn't be my thing, but I've seen some other people on Facebook and Instagram do little raps of different songs. And, and I notice how the kids get into it. So some kids, you have to use music with them to get their attention. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Zelinka. So, hey, you guys. Um, I had a question for, well, basically for anybody, um, in terms of like punishment. What works or what has worked best for y'all? Like, is it time out? Is it taking away electronics? Like, what what's worked best for y'all? Because I'm still in that period where I'm trying to figure out what works best. I do the spankings as well because, you know, sometimes they need it. Sometimes it comes to that. But um, I try not to do that all the time. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to see what works best for y'all. Somebody said to me, um, try to fit the punishment with um, the, try to make sure that the punishment is alongside the action of the child. So for me, like one time my daughter didn't go to an event because she um, lied. Um, the first thing I always do is I talk to my daughter about what she's done to explain to her what the issue is, what the consequence is, and um, what, I, what I have an expectation of. And so one time she was supposed to go to an after school event. It was all her friends were going to be there. But um, I ended up, she did it again. Again, we had the conversation. And sometimes I have to step back because a lot of times we punish immediately. But I feel like they're more scared when we step back and say, hmm, let me think about this for a second. And their minds are wondering, <laughs> what is she going to do? So one time right. I didn't go to an event. It was an after-school event. It wasn't that she needed to go to it. Um, it, was, it was something fun, and she didn't go. Um, because I wanted to make for certain that that particular rule of lying to me was very much established. Because I let her know that she didn't have to. Um, I do use, I think, disciplining in the, in the rule of spanking um, is not always the answer. 
Um, I think it's something that we've collectively gotten from our families in the past, that that was the method that they used. But I have tried different methods. There are times where I've taken her tablet away, but it's also a time where I've said that if she does not straighten up, that she will give the tablet to another young lady who does not have what she has. Because I'm trying to register in her mind that everything I give you in this household, I work for and I pay for. So when you do things out of outside of what I've asked of you, now we're going to go to some stronger measurements. And I will, I will give, you will knock on the young lady's door and you will donate your tablet to her so that you can understand, you know, and so it goes that far for me. I will take it there if needed. Um, <laughs> there are times where I've hid toys and put them in a garbage bag and put them somewhere where she, and she thinks that all her toys are gone. <laughs> and I try not to make it traumatic, but I try to get her to understand that what I've asked for you to do in my home is what I've asked for you to do. And I give you understanding and why I asked you to do it. And so I think that our kids, especially in this age, they get a lot. They get a lot of things. They get the toys, they get the technology. They have Christmases that are super big because as working moms, we want to, at times we might fill the void of giving to them so much because we don't have that other person in the household. So we're trying to make Christmas normal for them so they don't go to school not talking about what they didn't get for Christmas. But a lot of times those things that I give you, they will be taken in consideration when the punishment happens. And if I have to go to the extreme of you donating something to another young lady, I will to get you to remember, okay, mom not playing. Yeah. So when I do this, I need to think about it because I want her to understand that you have a choice in the matter and your choice will present consequences because the world is not going to cut you no corners. So if you don't know, if you don't learn it in my house, the world is going to teach you. And I don't want you to have to face what the world is going to teach you. I'd rather you learn it in my house. So giving a tablet away to another little girl to help you understand what was just happened, gets your attention, then I will do that. You know what I mean? Because I don't want it to be where you forget that, the world is so much harsher <laughs> than my household. So those are the things that I do. Um, different punishments, different disciplines. It all depends on what is being done. And then there are times where a mistake happens. And I try to make sure that I understand what's a mistake and what is becoming to be out of hand. Because a right. lot of times being a single mom, because we have so much on our shoulders, we mm -hmm. discipline out of frustration. Mm -hmm. we discipline out of not recognizing what just happened because you're coming home and you're frustrated and you're trying to get food together and you just did something and now I'm mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really try to take a step back and assess the situation. What just happened? What did you just do? Did we discuss it? Do you know not to do that? Have we had the conversation? And if we have now, what do I need to do as a mother to take, to make sure that this doesn't, this is not a continuous thing. And then I take my own faults. If mm -hmm. I do something I've asked you not to do, I need to apologize to you for doing it. So now I'm holding you accountable, but I'm also showing you how I hold myself accountable and then making sure you understand I'm an adult and you are a child. And right. so a lot of those, it, that can, that can go on for me because again, I think that disciplining in this generation now is so much different than what we had when we were younger because my daughter does have a voice. I've given her the opportunity to have a voice because she's been hurt by a father not being in her life. And so I right. need her to talk to me and I need her to trust right. me. Um, I don't want her to trust people in the world. So I'm very much dedicated to making sure that my discipline is intact when it comes to raising my daughter so she won't ever use the excuse of my father not being in the household was why I do this. <laughs> no, your mom taught you not to do this. You know, I don't want her to use that excuse. So those are some things that I think about when it comes to disciplining my daughter per se. 
Good, good. Do anyone else want to add to that? Yeah, I would completely like second that. Um, and I really enjoyed the fact that she said the part about like discipline out of frustration versus that they really mm-hmm. deserve that. And so mm-hmm. I think it's about that from like a emotional wellness piece. Um, Cause I will work with a lot of mothers that the relationship they have with their children has been so like torn and broken mm-hmm. because they have disciplined their child out of like frustration and anger. Mm-hmm. And sometimes almost like resentment that it's caused a gap between themselves and the child and now their mm-hmm. disciplinary techniques are like to the extreme and it's like you might be doing too much this like you might want to bring it down a notch you know and that's hard for to have that conversation with mothers sometimes but it's, mm-hmm. it's a matter of you have to discipline your child from a place of like stillness mm-hmm. and wholeness for yourself and not saying you got to do it all the time you got to be perfect i'm not saying that but that should be your lens that you look at your child's actions from. Um, because mm-hmm. like you're looking at their behavior from a grown woman that's got common sense and right. has lived through things. Like their brains aren't fu- fully developed. Like my 12 year old will do stuff in my mind. I'm thinking like, girl, that was so like, what, what, why would you do that? Like, that's so silly. And I had to catch myself and not say that to her because right. in her mind, it made perfect sense. And it's like, <laughs> I don't so it's like you've got to be in enough of a emotionally mentally mature stable place to where you're not so frustrated and like checked out and worn out from the, that you can have those like internal dialogues with yourself before you go to have a disciplinary conversation with your child otherwise it will like beat your child down that you're always like you know, on right. them 24-7, and that can right. cause an issue for your child later on down the road. So you've got to be in a good place emotionally first, just in general. Right. I definitely agree with that 100%. Um, do anybody else have anything they want to share on that topic? Um, um, go oh, go, go ahead. ahead. It's okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, with raising eight children, I had to discipline different for each one because mm-hmm. all children are not the same. And I think Z- Zalika, you have more than you had three, you said, right? So you have to know their personalities because one thing may work for one that won't work for the other. I had to learn that along the way. Now at first I didn't know that. And I tried mm-hmm. to do everything for the same for everyone. I could give one a whooping and it don't phase them. They go back and do the same thing over again. Right. And then I could do one and tell them, I am so disciplined in you. I can't believe you like, and they just boiling in tears. And it, and it was certain ones that they'd be like, they got, they didn't even get no whoopers, Holly Mama. And I got all the whoopers. Well, I didn't have to whoop them. All I had to tell them was I was disappointed. I didn't like what they did. And they was okay with it. They never did it again. You know, you might have been the one I told four times. So right. Four times, I'm going to whoop you because I just said it four times. I'm not going to say it again. You know, you have those ones like my son was a sports person, and which he is now. He's going to his third year of college on a basketball scholarship, so he plays ball. That's been his thing. If I want to discipline him, that's what I'm going to use. You will not go to practice if you don't get that grade up. Do you know that boy? And he's always been smart, but he got so focused in um, basketball, even his during his like eighth grade or ninth grade year of school. And so I was like, okay, so you're going to play me. You're going to come in here with this D, this, this midterm, this midterm, <laughs> mind you. I said, so you're going to try to play me? You're going to come here with this D? Okay. You won't be going to practices no more. Do you know I let that boy miss one practice? Why he bring it up to an A? You could have did the A from the beginning. You right. have to just focus. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's each one 
was different along the way. They all have to discipline everyone differently because it just depends on their personality where I can get through to them that this is wrong and I don't want you to do it again because you're not hurting me. You could hurt yourself along the way as you get to be an adult. And just like Andre, Audrey, is that Audrey? Just like Audrey Renee was saying, you have to let them know, I don't want the world out here to get you, especially my boys. I really had to be, because I don't want to be that mother getting that call by the African-American male on the street. You know, something that happened to him because, you know, someone said he did this, this, and that. So I had to make sure they understood you are a black male. And I had to dis dis um, discipline them in a way that they understood you are important wherever you go. But it's not always for you to be a thug, to be silly, all that stuff that they put you in them categories and let you do. No. That's not who you are. You be a man that you're supposed to be. And be, me being a woman of God, I let them know, always pray. Always pray about it so you make the right decisions because yeah. I don't want to get a call about you one night because you're an African-American male. Because unfortunately, I talked to that in some of my sessions with some of my mothers, is that it's bad that when we have African-American males that you have to be afraid sometimes when they go out by themselves. You know, you have to worry like, okay, make sure you make the right moves when you're out with your friends. Make sure you do this. And that all starts with that discipline because they know how to make the right decisions. So if they're with a friend who wasn't disciplined, they'd be like, hey, chill out. And my son has told me that because my kids are very open with talking to me. And he'll say, guys on the basketball team, like they were doing this and doing that. And he was, I was telling him, nah, man, I, I ain't doing that. I ain't, I ain't doing that. You know, and he's 20 years old, but he still be like, mm -mm. he won't say it, then my mom gonna be upset. But I know in his mind, he like, mm -mm. dude, I ain't doing that. I, I ain't messing up like that, you know. But, you know, you have to, give each child whatever their personality is that's how you need to discipline them and it took me a long few years to learn that that I couldn't discipline all of them the same way I had to do it differently yes yeah, so anybody want to piggyback on that um before we close out um I do want to give the um listeners who are tuning in an opportunity to ask any questions as well um so if you guys have any additional questions you can ask those at this moment um, and then whoever wanted to piggyback off of what Miss Carmelita said. This is Nefertiri. I, I would just say the, the one thing that we definitely do with the boys is we have conversations that are more of an auto-correction. So if they do something that they weren't supposed to do, um, we, we bring them through a cycle of let's get down to what really happened. Mm -hmm. And we let them understand like, you know, when you tell us the truth, what happens? And they're like, well, we don't get in trouble when we tell the truth, you know? So it's like when you, when you lie or you're deceitful, that's when you get in trouble. And right. so we really try to get them to communicate what happened, what should they have done so that does not happen again and how they could have handled the situation differently. And mm -hmm. we have them express that verbally. And then we mm -hmm. also have them write about what happened. Like, so if there's an integrity issue, We'll have to go and look for people who are integrous and read about them. What did they do that was integrous? What type of person are they on the planet? You know, what are the good things that they've done? Um, and so that they can kind of see, you know, if I go the opposite route, well, then there's trouble on that side of the fence. But if I go this other route of integrity or honesty or leadership, you know, what does that look like? You know, not only me telling them, you know, I try to lead by example as much as possible, but also showing them these are great people who are wonderful leaders. These are people who are integrous. These are people who are honest. And this is what it looks like. 
Um, and I, I feel like we have gotten a lot of good results out of that. And there's moments where we don't have to repeat those instances again, because mm-hmm. they're going to have to sit down and write that paper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. <laughs> um, did anyone else have anything else to say on that? Any questions? Yeah. This all right. All right. If no one else has any questions, we're going to go ahead and end our conversation. Again, I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Um, a little bit about myself. Again, I am the mother of five. However, I do have Girl Let's Talk Atlanta, and I founded it two years ago. And I founded Girl Let's Talk Atlanta because, um, you know, I have always been an entrepreneur, you know, ever since I had my very first job, which was Burger King, (laughs) when I was in high school with my son, I realized that, you know, I did not want to work for anybody else. And I, you know, just not, I don't even know, I don't think it's an issue of me just not doing what people tell me to do. I just did not want to do what people told me to do. So I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to create my own way. So I started my marketing and advertising agency over 10 years ago. And um, I've been an entrepreneur, so entrepreneur ever since then with all of my kids. (laughs) And it has not always been easy, um, but never... Um, never um, have we went without and that was my number one goal with you know being an entrepreneur mom was to always make sure that I provided using my life skills and using my talent at its best as well Um, but with Girl Let's Talk Atlanta it's all about bringing African-American women together Um, and I again I created this platform because you know with marketing and advertising my clients that I had they were dealing with so much you know on a personal end of it um, you know, with trying to create businesses and things like that, they were dealing with different personal issues to where they could not focus on their business. And my whole philosophy is you have to definitely work on yourself and your personal self, um, your personal skills and aspects of your life to where you can focus on running a successful business, especially if you want that business to be a successful business. You have to work out the kinks in your life before you can even tackle it. Um, and that's what I realized during my process of being a business owner and starting Girl Let's Talk Atlanta. So with Girl Let's Talk Atlanta, that's what we do. We focus on personal development and business development. Um, despite of the COVID-19, Girl Let's Talk Atlanta is all, we host events like every other month, every month. And it's like networking events, it's empowerment events, it's events in different industries, different areas. Um, we just love to get women together. Um, to create spaces and opportunities for us to use our voices so that we can be able to communicate and talk with one another so that we can be able to learn from each other as well. Um, And that's one thing that I can say that is a part of my testimony. I was vulnerable and I was um, more open to receiving, you know, what people had to offer me, what people wanted to say to me or what people felt like they thought that I should hear, you know, whether it was good or bad. I always wanted to have that opportunity and just present those opportunities to other women as well. So again, Queens, I appreciate you guys for joining me tonight with Girl Let's Talk Atlanta, the Millennium Motherhood Conference. Um, I hope you all gain something from it. Um, if not, just had an amazing conversation with Girl Let's Talk Atlanta. So if you guys don't have anything else 
um, I will go ahead and end the live. Again, thank you guys. Good night. Good night. Good night. Nice meeting you all. Nice meeting you all. Y'all too. Nice meeting you. Nice. Have a good one. You too. Bye. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. All right. Yes. Yes. Hello. Yes. Hey, Donna. I've been talking. I guess I couldn't come. Nobody was hearing me. (laughs) Oh my goodness. How are you? No. No. I was trying to ask, how are you, Trina? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I was trying to ask the panel, um, mm-hmm. for, uh, going further on discipline. So okay. I have a eight-year-old daughter. Okay. Well, I have, I have four kids total. Okay. Okay. So eight, my eight-year-old is my oldest. And wow. I'm working on this disciplining thing, trying not to... Uh, go directly off of the old school parenting because mm-hmm. I agree with what everyone else said. You know, you have to know your child and know what works. Mm-hmm. And that sort, but I am ready to strangle homegirl. <laughs> yes, look, girl. And it seems like like I've tried different um punishment methods um and different strategies. And at some point in time, like I'm the type of person like if you if I say okay this is that and you you know do it or you disobey me and you get in trouble again like I'm like how much like do you want <laughs> like it's like how do I get you to see it um and for me I just kind of like my kids for me like because I'm very talkative and I'm very active with them so when they notice or when they see that I am not um somebody else is joining <laughs> when they see that I am not um Hey, Queen, thank you for joining. We are just ending the live. I am actually answering a question. Uh, if you had any question for the panel, if you had any question for myself, you can go ahead and ask me. Um, but I had to, you know, realize that, you know, certain ways, uh, certain ways or certain strategies didn't work. Um, and my overall um the strategy that I use is I just don't communicate with them when they ask me something I don't say anything is is straight to it it's like okay you're going to bed you eat your breakfast eating your dinner you know and you know and on your way because that way you know that I'm upset with you and I don't have to verbally say it you can tell by the way that I'm acting um and that you know when they see me and when they see my reaction it kind of gets them in you know the right margin to be or mama what can I do for you you want, you want me to do this you want me to do that you want me to say flash out you want me to do this you want me to do that and see <laughs> exactly but you know I feel like that's what we go through and she does that and she's like okay mommy so I'm sorry and you know mm-hmm. but then the next day I'm like girl we just had this discussion yesterday why are we having the same you know what I mean right. oh so I'm like do I beat you? I just sat her down yesterday I said look here I'm gonna have to start um busting you in the mouth <laughs> right I said, right me you know me talking to you is not working me just saying hey I need you to get this together you're the oldest you know you have to be the example blah blah, blah. like I've done all that but I'm like mm-hmm. 
what is this a phase what is it yeah now now they do um they do go through phases you know and that's when i look at like that's the way that i have to look at it because after raising my oldest is 16 and my youngest is four so after you know my and then two of them are teenagers and i'll have a third teenager this year so (laughs) they i've I've seen their their attitudes and the way that you know they change and just morph into you know different age groups and you know within you know their uh, adolescence you know going through puberty and all that stuff so I am kind of more lenient a little bit because I know that they're going through certain stuff um as far as like my 16 year old like if he's going through something right now he he will display you know certain type of you know feelings and things like that and share some stuff but some of the stuff he don't say and I know that the way that he reacts or if he's doing something constantly and constantly constantly is because he is he's concentrating on that one thing that he is focused on and he's not hearing anything that I'm saying he's blocking out everything because he's focused on whatever it is that he's trying to do at the time you know and that's just what kids do and sometimes you know as they get older they'll learn how to you know how to respond appropriately into how to um behave as well um and like from him just being in kindergarten up until now like his behavior has changed a lot but i can still see some of his like behavior like when he was a you know a little child you know to where he is a teenager and sometimes i'm like damn you know i knew he was gonna you know do this and do that why well, didn't nip it in the bud you know like right then and there it's my thing. But, you know, because I mean, she's an excellent child. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, school, like they're like, we wish we could have a million of her in our class. You know, yep. but when we at home, it's like she's, and I don't know if it's because she's the oldest, so she feels like there's a lot of responsibility on her that, mm, yeah, you know, yeah, so like, okay, um. Am, am I giving you too much? You know, am I asking too much of you? Because I don't understand, like, why. And then it'd be, like, the petty stuff. Like, oh, she's touching me. She not touching me. Yes, she is. She's touching me. And I'm like, y'all, this is crazy. Yeah, girl, look, that's what my <laughs> oldest son is. Like, what my oldest son and my youngest son, he is like that with him. Like, the boy could be looking at him. He's like, why are you looking at me? I'm like, really, bro? Is it that serious? <laughs> so... <laughs> and I'm like okay you know so I'm trying to explain to her like just like you look up to me to Mm -hmm. make and to do things they're looking Mm -hmm. at all two years apart right right behind you you know what I'm saying they understand they're looking at you for what to do and if they're kind of smart mouth then you trying to you know feel like you can just talk any way you want that's what they're Mm -hmm. yep 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 and that's exactly what I tell my oldest son so like this year um in his this well this semester you know prior to COVID you know mm-hmm. he was you know like I said um uh, during the conference that he was um playing football and things like that so he's trying to like growing up and you know maturing a little bit more so the behavior is is less more but my thing like with him like because he you know gotten older as his friends like the type of friends that he likes to be around and mm-hmm. I'm like I don't want to be that parent to be like you know no you can't hang around this certain type of friend or you know or whatnot <laughs> but I have to catch myself because sometimes I'd be like I don't like that little girl I don't want <laughs> 
when I, I, I be I like I be serious but I be joking at the same time but at the same time for real but you know I think kids they definitely go through a phase and we as parents have to understand that we have to be patient with them um because they are going to go through so many emotional changes so many things and then like what we were going through emotional wise and things like that um as kids are totally different from what they go through they might go you know be upset like my son like he don't have his phone he's having a panic attack every single day that he does not have his phone he is upset with the world nobody can say anything to him <laughs> it's true yeah it's true. that's her too like you know with the homeschool I'm like okay you know I said the little standards this is what you do you wake up you do this boo with them and then after your work is done, you know, you're getting on mm-hmm. that. You should happen to get up before me. It's like, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to talk real quick. You know, and I'm like, stop acting like you can't live without it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, most definitely. <laughs> oh, it just be crazy. So that was my question. But um, that helps, you know, to just understand that there is a, a period that they're going through. Yeah, and then just, you know, try to ask questions here and there, you know, and don't, like, for me, I try to come in at different angles, like, one moment I'll be, like, real serious and ask the question, then one moment I might say it while we're joking, while we're playing and laughing, and, you know, in those moments, because they don't know, like, okay. Right. <laughs> so, what was you sad about the other day, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you do, like, and I have learned that, like, you do have to come different angles and ask the questions different ways. Yep, yeah, the same question, different yeah. ways. They're going to answer it, trust me. That's the way that the police get people to talk. Exactly. You know, that's the way that parents do with our kids. We got to ask them. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's the way. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I'm glad I got through. I was like, no. I was like, hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, so for some reason, I stayed on. I usually just end the meeting, and I never thought about just staying on until the last person yeah. got off. <laughs> that's when it came through people hung up and then i could actually get through i don't know but i mean i heard everything else you know right it was, it was a great panel great discussion and this is my first time actually doing this girl this is my well today is my second one i did another conference call yesterday and it was walking in confidence so walking in confidence as an african-american woman in business and entrepreneurship that was really dope as well so um but like i said like before like usually i would do events i host um intimate and private events here in atlanta you know once twice a month um and it's just all about getting us again together to be able to have conversations in a nice serene atmosphere to where we are open and we're receiving you know what people are saying we're being able you know to communicate you know because um that's what i think we need more of communication um and just allowing people to just have that space to talk that's so true so true and you walk away feeling you know like you've gained something from it yes girl that's a good thing (laughs) because i was over here oh okay get the chicken okay <laughs> and see, I like I said, I don't even eat meat like that, so yeah. I don't even like touching meat. So it disgusts me to get chicken like that and cut it up and do all that stuff. I can't do it. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that too. But shoot, if I don't have to cook a few days, I'm with it. But my go-to is spaghetti. We had that for about three days. <laughs> me too. But you know, I, I 
just posted like, okay, uh, I need recipes because my family is so bored. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, we keep eating the same stuff. And I'm like, hey, yeah. you know what I mean? Spaghetti is a go-to. <laughs> it is, it is. I try to switch it up here and there, try to find like different recipes. I'll go back to something that I haven't cooked in a long time. Like the other day I did like a... Um, tater tot casserole i love tater tot casserole like i don't even eat tater tots um by themselves but i would eat it in a tater tot casserole oh okay yeah because anything different yes you got to look it up um you can you know add whatever you like in there um but i usually i use ground beef i use cream of mushroom um cheese the tater tots mix it all together put it in the oven let it bake put cheese on top of it girl is busting. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to hold you. I appreciate you um, staying on and giving me that advice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And again, I thank you um, for coming on tonight and participating in the Girl Let's Talk Atlanta Millennial Motherhood Virtual Conference. I know that was really long, but I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you brand yourself. That is okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always say that. Brand yourself because nobody else will brand you the way you brand yourself. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Queen. Thank you again. Thank you. You have a good night. You as well. Good night. Good night.